Welcome to What Does Good Look Like, the podcast that brings you healthy care experts with unique insights into what good looks like and what you can do to get there. I'm Anna and I'm co-hosting this podcast together with Will. This week's episode will be a bit different from the previous ones. Instead of having an external guest with us, Anna and I will be sharing our experience from two different five-day fasting methods, water fasting and the fast mimicking diet. The reason we decided to dedicate this episode to fasting is that we know it can be used as a strategy to delay aging and improve health, so it fits in nicely with the concept of healthy care. There are many different approaches to fasting. A popular one is intermittent fasting, where you fast for shorter periods of time, for instance Michael Mosley's 5-2 diet. We have briefly touched on intermittent fasting in an earlier episode with Dr Sophie Cassidy. And what you see is um, huge benefits on a cellular level. So almost opposite to what I said obesity does on the cellular level, intermittent fasting almost reverses that, even if you're not obese. So things like reducing inflammation, reducing DNA um, damage, reducing insulin, all of these things which we know have downstream knock-on effects within the cell and ultimately um, reduce that accelerated aging. So I think intermittent fasting is a fascinating area, especially even in people who aren't obese. It's really, it's got huge health benefits. In this episode, we'll be focusing on a longer form of fasting, the five-day fast. I did a five-day water fast earlier this year, in fact in January, and Anna completed a five-day fast mimicking diet a few weeks ago. So in this episode, we wanted to kind of explain why we did this and share and compare our experiences of the two methods. And we do recognise that for many people, the idea of doing a five-day fast probably sounds a bit crazy. So maybe that's a good place to start. So Will, you did a five-day water fast. Would you mind telling us a bit about what it is and perhaps mostly why you did it? (laughs) So yeah, five-day water fast. I should make it super clear that uh, I did not just go straight into a five-day water fast. This has been the culmination of uh, years of, of testing different things from diets. Um, I've fasted before uh, on a number of occasions. So so maybe I'll give you a very brief background. Um, it, like most good things in life, it started with me wanting to prove my partner wrong. Uh, at the time, I was dating a doctor and she was using a low-carb diet for two reasons. One was for treating polycystic ovary syndrome, uh, and the second one was to um, help her to get through the night shift uh, more effectively, so keep a clear mind, not go into low blood sugar, not feel so drowsy. And she was talking about how how it benefited her so much, and I frankly thought it sounded like a bit of a load of bollocks. (laughs) So, uh, So I tested it myself, and... It was there was quite a dramatic change for me. My like I say, I think I've said before, my father was a type two diabetic, so um, I, I suspect we are <laughs> quite uh, quite intolerant to, to high levels of carbs. And uh, mine mine was super high. So when I went down to low carb, I had quite a profound impact, and it got me interested in the idea that the, we can we can change our physiology and we can do it quite quickly. So I went from there to testing other elements of diet all the way through to, uh, for the last eight years, I've been following an intermittent fasting diet, which is 16 hours of no eating and then eating all of your food within an eight hour window. And I've interspersed that with 24 hour fasts on a, on a regular basis. And it's been no big problem. So, uh, 
To cut a long story short, I heard and I read quite a lot uh, since the Nobel Prize was awarded for the discovery of autophagy, which is kind of the the body's way of clearing cellular debris. Um, it was very interesting to to see if I could see some of the benefits that were arising from more prolonged fasting, so plus three days, uh, which we'll probably get into. Uh, so I decided to do a five-day fast, and because for many people they uh, they say you should cut out things like co- including coffee, etc., I did. And uh, did you have one specific reason why you did it, or were you mostly just kind of keen on testing it? Uh, well, apart from what I'd already mentioned around autophagy, I, I was actually just keen to test it because I'd heard quite a, a varied response to these longer fasts. Some people have found it almost euphoric by day four, day five, uh, and I wanted to see if 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 everything that everyone was saying was true. And I, like I say, I wasn't scared about it. I've done fasts before, 24-hour fast, 16-8 uh, for years. I knew for, for me, and this isn't the case for everyone, by the way, but for me, it was unlikely to be dangerous. Yeah. And so you obviously had a lot of experience from fasting before, but was there anything in particular that you did to prepare yourself for this five-day fast? Uh, yeah, so obviously I read quite a lot about it. I, I, I read about other people's experiences of doing it and learned tips that they had. So a couple of big things for me were, were that I went into it already in a ketogenic state. So my body was already producing ketones, which I measured using a device uh, because I figured that that will make the transition to not eating because my brain will have some ketones to, to help fuel it as well as any ex, any glucose that's still still around. And my body produces glucose, obviously, for from my liver. So that was a big one, uh, ketosis. Uh, and then secondly, I uh, I did actually, I, I, I had salt sometimes with the water. So I, mm. kind of, I knew that that was important because uh, for some people, you you know, your blood pressure can go very low. Yeah, so you were kind of reading up a lot on it. And... I was reading up a lot. Of, I mean, I was I was quite scared. The I was scared of one thing, and that was, you know, my drug of choice definitively is caffeine. You know, I love a big Swedish dark black coffee full of hundreds of milligrams of caffeine every morning, two big ones. So to cut that out, in hindsight, I just did it day to day, which is probably a bit stupid. Um, that was the thing I was most worried about. And so how did it go? So I think I wouldn't say it was a fun experience. <laughs> uh, it was it was more painful than I thought it was going to be, which was a bit of a surprise. The first three days were grim. Mm. So Well, not the, not the first day because I've used to that, but days two and three were grim. I did hit the euphoria stage probably end of day four and then through the last day. Uh, some measurements that I was taking, I, I, my heart rate variability declined. Um, my heart rate was elevated. My resting heart rate was elevated during the period. I noticed when it came to exercise, so I still exercise, but my capacity to exercise was greatly diminished. So I, uh, my aerobic exercise, my so kind of running and, and even just walking mm. was impaired. Like I felt that I was really drained doing that. Strangely, I still went to my PT session uh, and lifting. So I do quite a lot of Olympic weightlifting. And uh, from a strength point of view, uh, my max lifts were not affected. Um, I just fatigued quicker, so anything kind of high intensity, uh, intermittent, or uh, or aerobic in nature, yeah, destroyed me. And the big thing was, I'm like a radiator. I am always hot, 
And for the first time ever, it was January in Sweden, but still, for the first time ever inside the house, uh, I didn't sleep with the window open. I felt cold even with the covers on. And I felt I was wrapped up and I still mm. felt cold. And I've never felt that before. I know, you know, many husbands and wives have had that ongoing argument. Men seem to be a little bit warmer than women and uh, and they like their room at different temperatures. And I felt for the first time what it must be like to feel cold in, in, yeah. in that certain situation. And it was uh, it was strange. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the next question would be, would you consider doing it again? I mean, I would consider doing it again. Some people are... You know, there's quite a famous Dr. Peter Atia who who talks about doing this and they do it, I think, on a quarterly basis. I've actually found it pretty grim, so I'm not excited about doing it again. Yeah. I, what's interesting is from people I hear who do it often, there seems to be quite a lot of variability into how each of the five-day fasts goes. So some people find one time they do it, it's really good. Other times it's not so good. Uh, for me, watching your experience with fasting mimicking diet, uh, I think that looked much more manageable and more fun. <laughs> um, yeah, but if if you were to do a water fast again, is there anything you would do differently? Maybe I'll try a different time of year when it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be That would be the big one. Uh, no, I would probably reduce my caffeine intake gradually before the uh, before the fast because you know from quite high caffeine dosage in the morning to nothing is uh, yeah, it's a big it's, difference. It's really sad. But you, uh, you know, we're talking about me here. You've also tried a five day uh, fasting diet, but yours was the fasting mimicking diet rather than the water only fast. What's the difference? What is it? So, I guess basically you can say that it's a type of modified fasting. So instead of a traditional fast, like the water fast that you did, um, where you don't eat anything, with a fasting mimicking diet, you can actually eat small amounts. Um, but the idea here is that you would still be getting the benefits of fasting. But when I say small amounts, I mean small amounts. It, we're talking, you know, like 35 to 40% of your recommended daily intake. So it's not a sustainable diet that you would do for a long period of time, like with keto, paleo, the Mediterranean diet, which could be more of a way of living. The fasting mimicking diet is something that you do for a, well, a period of time, normally three to seven days at a time. And then you do that a few times a year. So it's like a calorie restricted diet to some degree for a period of period of time. It is a calorie restricted diet. Um, it is also important to know that it's not just, you don't just eat the exact same things that you would normally eat, but just less. Um, you also need to be a little bit careful around the balance of the uh, macronutrients. Okay, so so there's like uh, there's some work put into actually what is the food that you get as well. It's not just you get less of it, but the specific foods that you eat during that period of time. So, and why did you decide to do it? So, I have been keen to try a five day fast because. I guess the benefits of it are appealing to me, you know, things like reducing oxidative stress and inflammation, the potential of slowing down aging and age-related diseases. I think on the oxidative stress and inflammation, I think the uh, one of the fasting mimicking groups has actually had a patent out for for that, haven't they? Yeah, so there are I mean there there is some so research on this. It's not just words, it's not just like fluffy words like a face cream or anything like that. There's actual real stuff. Out there, there is there is some research on this, both on 
animal models and in humans as well. Uh, for natural reasons, a lot of the, especially I guess anti-aging research is easier to do on animal models and animals that live for maybe two years and you can see the difference fairly easily. That's harder to do in, in humans, but there have been research done. Um, They've locked people up for 90 years. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a hard that would be a hard test to do, and it would take a long time to get the results. So, um, of course, you can't really do that. What you can do, though, is that you can. There are things that you can measure. For instance, uh, some markers in your blood, um, and that was also one of the reasons I wanted to do it. My IGF one levels um, tend to be quite high, actually, at over the upper limit of normal for my gender and age. So, um, and this is one of the oh, things okay. that so fasting... Okay, so IGF-1, the reference range changes depending upon your age and yeah, sex. Yeah, from what I understand it does. And so for me, um, I've been on, on the higher end of it. Uh, so I was quite curious to see if I could uh, have an impact on that. Um, so yeah, I mean, conceptually, I, I have been very keen to try a five-day fast. Practically, the thought of not eating for five days, that is less appealing to me, I have to say. Uh, I haven't even done a 24-hour water fast before, so it felt pretty hardcore to to do a five-day water fast, um, which is why it felt like a good option to try the fasting mimicking diet. Yeah, and for anyone listening, practically, how do you actually do a fast mimicking diet or fasting mimicking diet? And you mentioned 35 to 40% of your daily intake. Is it just to eat less calories until you reach that? Or Yeah, so I think we talked a little bit about that before, but maybe not so much around the specifics you can actually compose your own fasting mimicking diet and you know if you read up online there are some some resources where you can find more information so in order to induce autophagy you want to keep your protein intake low um so roughly 10% would be protein and the remaining 90% would be split approximately equal between carbohydrates and fat um uh, so it's probably a bit different from how most people are eating but as I said, that there is information online. People can read up if they're interested. So what I used is a prepackaged box with food that's already been put together for, for doing a five-day fasting mimicking diet. And this is, of course, more convenient than putting it together yourself. And what I liked about this one that I used as well is that it has gone through clinical testing. So they have actually done a study in, um, in humans as well, and they've evaluated the effects of it and, and the safety and all of that. So. So you've got everything planned. How did you how did you prepare? Yeah, so since I used this preset program, there wasn't a lot of preparing needed from my end. And there are not really any specific or recommended requirements for, for how to prepare. Um, but some of the things I did, so similar to you, I also watched uh, reviews online. I uh, found uh, several videos of people who'd done this. So I wanted to kind of know what to expect and also get some tips. I also went low carb a couple of days before, maybe three, four days before. Uh, and I also did intermittent fasting, so I skipped breakfast. Um, and I did this because I figured it would, similar to you, that it would be a smoother transition into ketosis and I, I would have less issues feeling hungry. Again, this wasn't something that they recommended doing. It was just, I, I decided to do that. I also like my coffee. <laughs> Uh, so what I did is they recommend that you don't drink any any drinks with caffeine in them when you do this program. If you look on the website, 
I think on their FAQ it said that you could drink some decaf. But okay. I think we talked about this, didn't we? That so with the decaf, you have to be a bit careful on the brand because some decafs are much stronger than others. Because almost all decafs have some caffeine in them. Is that right? Exactly. So I kind of did a bit of bit of research to look for a brand that was at least allegedly contained very low amounts of caffeine. Hours of research. Hours of research. Exactly. The most important stuff. Uh, so I stacked up with um, with some of that, and then this is a bit of a nerd alert. I have to say. You don't need to but, <laughs> but what I did was I'd also actually read the publication from the clinical trial that I mentioned where they attested this because I wanted I thought it would be interesting to see what results you could expect from it. Um, I would say in that clinical trial, though, they did three cycles. So you did one of these five-day periods and you did it once a month for three months. And then they mesh it. I only did it once. But I'd read the publication and then I'd actually also ordered a blood test because I wanted to measure some of the blood markers that they measured in the clinical trial. Um, so I'd ordered a blood test so I could do a baseline measurement the first mm-hmm. first day that I started the diet. Wow, you were prepped. I was. <laughs> Gosh. So, uh, so you prepped. Did it pay off? How did it go? What went well? What was hard? What was easy? Yeah, so actually, I think my uh, my experience was rather the opposite of yours. Um, I actually found it easier than I'd expected. Um, I don't know, maybe I'd seen seen you do the water fast um, and been a bit scared. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> by <support> that. <laughs> but yeah, and and so especially the first day, I felt was pretty easy. I didn't feel hungry at all. Actually, you do you do get a fair amount of food. Um, and because I'd done the intermittent fasting for a while, I was kind of used to skipping breakfast, so I just started eating at, at lunch and, and onwards. The other days, I did have periods of feeling hungry. Um, it wasn't like I was hungry all the time, but I had periods of feeling hungry, especially related to when you would normally eat. Um, but I didn't really have any strong cravings for for any sweets or anything like that. Um, Which is strange, because it was. I think we tasted one of your chocolate bars. It was sweet. Yes. It was actually. I mean, you had a rice chocolate thing, which was, I think you measured your blood glucose, it just shot up. Yeah, so I did. strange that you had no cravings. Um, I did actually wear a continuous glucose monitor as well while doing this, so, oh my God, so I could see that. I... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and other gods. <laughs> yeah, let's not be discriminating. <laughs> but yeah, I did have some episodes of headaches um, the first couple of days. Nothing from day three lunchtime and onwards, basically. But I was also coming down with quite a bad cold uh, that just hit me day one. I don't think it had anything to do with the uh, uh, with the diet. It was just having kids, and it's November here, and everyone's kind of getting getting sick. So it was just a bad coincidence, and I think that may have led to my headaches as well. So it's it's actually hard to say whether it was due to the diet or not. But of course, it could have been that transition from into ketosis before that kind of kicks in then um that could have played a role as well but but yeah i think most interestingly for me at least was that i felt that my energy levels were quite high throughout these 5 days um so i didn't feel fatigued i had no problems going to work getting stuff done so i i carried on with my everyday tasks um apart from exercising so i didn't do any heavy exercise or anything as um, i remember you were eating you were happy being around other people who were eating. Yeah, that so, actually. Uh, so that wasn't a problem. I mean, we we cooked some amazing food. <laughs> Just to. What did we do? We did something on one of the days. 
Yeah, you bought cake and um, cake and nice uh, sourdough bread from the oh yeah bakery. Oh, that was great. Um, but yeah, it was actually. I thought it would have been much harder actually, but uh, I resisted quite well. Um, the hardest day for me was actually day five. I know some people I've heard say day three, days three or four are the worst. But for me, it was day five. That day, I had longer periods of feeling hungry than I'd had the other days. But it might have also been psychological, just knowing that you were getting towards the end of it and you would soon be eating again. Interestingly, though, day six, which is a transition day, is the first day that you can start eating again. Um, I actually didn't feel that hungry in the morning, so I decided against having having breakfast, uh, even though I actually could, <laughs> and I only broke the fast at lunchtime. So yeah, it was overall, of course, I did have periods of feeling hungry, but overall it was actually easier than I thought it would be. That sounds like, uh, sounds like a breeze. <laughs> but uh, now you've been through it all, you can reflect, would you do it again, and what would you change for the next time? Yeah, so I think I could definitely do it again. I think if I were to do this on a more regular basis, like a few times a year, um, it would be nice with some variation. I don't know if they have... What do, what do they say normally? Is it when you say a few times a year, is there some, some people talking, is it three times a year that you should be doing it, something like that? Yeah, I think I think around three times a year okay. or so. Um, I think for some people they can do it more often than that as well. Um, but I think if I were to do this very regularly, it would be nice with some variety in the food options because you, you have but you basically you have a set menu per day and it was some things were the same like there was a nut bar in it that was actually really really good <laughs> so uh that was nice but there was so that you it shared was, it with yeah you with, tried with a little a few bit of us didn't you that was um, a terrible decision you only got a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did only get a little bit. <laughs> but yeah so i mean you got some different food for different days um but but i guess just having some more choice would be nice if you if you're doing this often but I guess that's when you could potentially, if, if you've done this a couple of times, I suppose you could also play around with trying your fasting, mimicking menus yourself, I don't know. But yeah, I think overall it worked well for me. I don't actually think that I would change that much. Watching these reviews gave me some good tips that I could implement already So you the think first it was time. definitely worth putting the time and effort in at the beginning? Yeah, learning about yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. And, and just knowing what to expect the different days, I think, was helpful. Uh, and I guess that leads to, you know, you're listening to this, you're thinking, I want to do this, sounds like a good idea. Maybe you're thinking the opposite. Uh, <laughs> but so are there any kind of tips that you would give anyone? Yeah, so there are a couple of tips, actually. I think I mentioned the uh, low carbing at least a few days before. I do think that helped me get into ketosis quick quicker. Um, I did also measure a little bit and it seemed like I got into ketosis pretty quickly. I think I also mentioned I was backloading the days. Uh, so I didn't have anything for breakfast, but I only started eating at lunchtime. And that meant that I could have an evening meal as well. So after dinner was not my last meal of the day, I could actually uh, have a have a later meal in the evening. I usually had that quite late, maybe an hour or so before going to bed. Um, and I think that helped me both psychologically, but also not having to go to bed hungry. It's just something something about that. I also was very conscious about eating slowly. Uh, so there were some soups and I actually used a small spoon just to, <laughs> just to eat it more slowly uh, so that I would feel full and appreciate the food. Then because I felt like I had a lot of energy, uh, I think it also helped just keeping myself busy, especially when I got these periods where I started feeling hungry. What I would do is I would 
start clearing up in the house or clearing the kitchen or doing something uh, or doing the washing. And then, you know, once you start thinking about something else, the feelings of hunger went away. And then I mentioned decaf. If if you really, I mean, the best thing is to avoid it completely. But if you do really need your coffee, then stacking up with some good decaf. They're also providing teas. Of course, it's important that you drink a lot of liquid. Um, so they had these tea bags that you could use. Uh, and I was actually using a thermos so, so I could keep it hot and take sips throughout the day. And then, yeah, so lastly, I would say give yourself enough enough sleep opportunity because I think everyone knows when you're super tired, it's much harder to keep the motivation up. So sleeping, sleeping a bit, um, making sure you get your sleep is, um, is a good one. Nice. Some good tips there. Yeah. So I think finally what we wanted to do is to actually do some comparisons with, between these, um, these different diets, right? Um, and so I think the first thing that we wanted to talk about a bit was the actual results. So I guess you did measure a couple of things during your Yeah, so I didn't do a pre and post blood test. Uh, what I did do is I took some pictures of my body, Mm. uh, the day before and then every day at the same time prior to drinking anything first thing in the morning. And I weighed myself as well. So, uh, so for me, uh, I can't say anything about IGF one. I think I had a glucometer at the time, but it's actually pretty boring. It's just flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I had a glucometer. Uh, for me, I definitely lost weight. I got more definition around my uh, stomach. Mm. You can see my abs. Um, so so that for me I, I and like I say I reduced aerobic fitness so so nothing 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 huge that I measured in in hindsight I should have done more around the measurement side of things apart from the heart rate variability um lowered rest uh, higher resting heart rate and fatigue yeah but you you felt you got your energy back pretty quickly after you started eating or yeah I mean you're supposed to so that's a big thing that we haven't really talked about in the full five day fasting water only fast after day five on day six you're supposed to start easing yourself into it Mm. i didn't i'd been craving (laughs) you know i'm normally low carb but i've been craving this uh thai fried rice with vegetables and pork and uh, i just i completely scoffed it (laughs) yeah and i mean i had the same as you in terms of aerobic fitness it went it went down quite a lot. It felt pretty hard just walking or walking up the stairs. Uh, felt I felt a bit out of breath, but that came back to normal pretty quickly afterwards. I think for me it was interesting since I did the blood test. So I did a blood test on day one, just before I started the diet. And then I did another blood test on, I guess you could say day nine. So basically four days after I, I completed the uh the diet so i'd actually eaten sort of normal food for four days to to see things kind of coming back to normal a little bit uh then i had another blood test so that i would be able to compare um the blood some of the blood markers and both my triglycerides and total cholesterol so this is all your fat profile in your blood uh both of those markers went down by about 10% i am normally quite low on those anyway so I guess it wasn't that much 
probably at least you could see that in the clinical trial they did that the people that had high or bad values they reduced it by more mm. uh, but that was also up to three cycles of course but most interestingly i mentioned the marker called igf1 where i'm normally quite high and that actually went down to half of what it was before Oh wow! So that was a, a big. That's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big difference, and so the test that I, the second test I took, the follow-up test, then it was actually sort of right in the middle of the the green zone where where I'm supposed to be, I guess. So yeah, that was a big difference. I mean, I haven't done any more blood tests after that, so it would be interesting to check maybe one or two or even three months after to see if there are any lasting effects. But at least a few days after, it was still still a big difference. Then another actually quite interesting effect that I felt was in the evening of day seven. So the second day after I started eating again, then I suddenly had this burst of energy and clarity. I I could really feel that I was so switched on. I had this laser sharp focus. So I was just getting so much done that evening. I felt, felt super productive. So that was quite interesting. Unfortunately, I'm I can't say I feel that all the time now, <laughs> but it was it was interesting uh, to see that. So I guess that leads us on to, so those were your results, but maybe we should talk a little bit about the convenience. I think this is a pretty quick and easy one for me. Water fast, you need a tap, you need a toilet, you're good to go. Oh, you need some salt. Yeah, so salt is good as well. I think convenience-wise, of course, it will matter if you put together your own fasting mimicking diet in which case you have to do quite a lot of research actually to get it right, I think. Uh, and then, of course, prepare everything, probably do the shopping and make sure you have everything in the house before you start, because if you go to the shops, you you may be quite tempted. So, so that's, of course, different from doing what I did, which was this uh, preset uh, program already. Uh, so for me, it was actually the convenience factor was definitely there. It was super easy. It was all prepared and... Yeah, I mean, it was easier than what you would normally do because then you have to think about what to eat and do food shopping and everything. Mm. Now you just just had everything you needed. Um, so convenience-wise, I think they, they're both pretty, pretty, pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. The next, I guess the next aspect would be cost. And I guess the uh, water fast is hard to beat. <laughs> well, it depends, doesn't it? If you're going to be drinking, you know... Fiji water that you ship in yourself and you buy your Himalayan pink salt from the, only the highest providers, it could become expensive. But otherwise, no, it's a, it's a cheap five days. So yeah, so obviously the water fast is extremely cheap. You need a tap and you need a toilet for those five days and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, and again, of course, with the fasting mimicking diet, it will depend if you put together your own program because then you can determine I guess a bit what you're buying as well or if you do this preset program but either way it's going to cost you uh, more than than water and a bit of salt so the the last bit I thought we could mention a few words on is the level of difficulty how easy it is to how easy or difficult it is to complete it so I think this is really hard for the water fast because I think the variability, like I mentioned before, even for the same individual is quite high. I found it quite hard. Mm. Um, the time seemed to go really slowly. The first three days were pretty, well, the two, day two and three, like I said before, were pretty grim. It, it was a challenge. Mm. Um, 
And from my end, so <laughs> I was actually, before I started, I was actually really nervous. I wasn't sure I would be able to go through with it. I expected it to be this true test of character. Um, so overall, I was positive, positively surprised. I thought it was easier to complete than I had expected. And I mean, of course, you can feel like, ah, it would be nice to eat some normal food. But I was never really close to quitting. You shouldn't have admitted this on the phone. You could melt it. <laughs> So this has been really fun, actually. Yeah. Uh, so for those interested in more info in fasting in general, there's a fasting article uh, with a link in the episode description. We also have videos on Anna's experience, a video diary while doing the fasting mimicking diet, which is really interesting and worth watching. Yeah, so we, will, we haven't published them yet, but we yeah. will publish them if, if someone is in, more interested in the, uh, the program than That's I did. Great. Mm. And... We have to add this disclaimer, but you really need to listen to this one. If anyone's listening to this podcast, they're thinking, I really wanted to try this, please stop and think. Particularly if you are on any kind of blood pressure medication or if you're a diabetic type 1 and type 2, because fasting really can be quite powerful and it's dangerous if you're on medication and you don't do this with the help of a medical professional. Because it's very likely if you're if you're being treated and you're on medication, you'll have to titrate the medication. So you'll have to reduce some of the medication that you're on, particularly if you're on things like insulin. And this is really serious. So so please don't do this or consider it uh, without the consulting uh, consulting a medical professional if you have any kind of medical condition. Mm. It can be effective though for in, in terms of especially type two diabetes. Uh, or for people at risk of type 2 diabetes, it can actually be quite a powerful tool. So we're not saying it definitely can't be done, but you need to speak to, um, you, yeah. you need some form of medical yeah. supervision. Basically. It, which is, hard, to be honest, is hard to find. Uh, I think it's really difficult to find doctors who are knowledgeable in this area. Yeah, but uh, but either way, uh, you will probably need, if you're on medications, you may need need those titrated and maybe also for other conditions. So So if you're on medication, speak to a doctor. And then there are also other instances where you actually, they recommend you shouldn't be doing it. Like if you're pregnant, um, if you're underweight already. So that's a BMI less than 18, is it? Yeah, I think it was around 18. Yeah. And then you should be an adult. There is not a lot of research being done on the safety for children. Now, at least for the fasting mimicking diet that I did, you, you're supposed to be at least 18 okay. years of age. So yeah, I mean, there are some... Uh, quite a long list of health benefits uh, so it's not that we're recommending against doing fasting but um, just but it's a powerful, on it. ultimately it's a powerful intervention the same way as medication can be so it shouldn't just be done uh, without thought and sensible application exactly and so i think that's pretty much it for our fasting episodes but uh, do reach out if you have any questions or comments regarding what we've what we said we'd love to we'd love to hear from you um share the- your own experiences we'd love to hear from people who i mean if you disagree with anything we've said ping us yeah privately <laughs> <laughs> no that would be super interesting in next week's episode we'll be making another deep dive into another interesting topic or that we find interesting at least which is measuring blood sugar using a cgm which is a continuous glucose monitoring device. And Will and I will be sharing our experiences of using a CGM, 
and how we've used that to learn more about how our own bodies react in response to various types of food, training, stress, etc. So if you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe to the What Does Good Look Like podcast so that you don't miss this or any of our other upcoming episodes. And like we said, if you have any questions or comments or feedback, we'd love for you to get in touch. Um, you can reach us directly via email, podcast at meliohealth.com. Or if you make a post on social media, please tag us using hashtag WDGLL. And if you do like our podcast, please help spread the word. You can share episodes with friends and family directly from your podcast app, as well as leave a rating or review to help even more people find us. So join us in discovering what good looks like so that you and your loved ones can stay younger for longer.